You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is happening, Chicago Bears fans? This is... Deformation Conversation. I'm your host, Lester Wilkfong, and the Bears had a cut down day today, so the 53 roster set, so I had to get some help. I had to jump on the podcast. I had to jump on the video channel, so I had to get my guy, WCG's lead draft analyst, Jacob Infante. You can find him at Jacob Infante 24 Jacob joins us now. Jacob, what's up, my friend? What's up, Lester? Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have stuff to talk about that's, yeah, like, actual news going on i mean i'm not gonna lie like that near the end of like july there i was just grasping i was like (laughs) grasping at straws i'm like dude i like i want to talk about football so bad but i have no idea what to talk about because nothing's happening so uh i i I think you know what to talk about the nfl draft that's your thing that's your forte (laughs) you know it it doesn't matter what what time we and you had this had had this talk earlier today yeah. No matter what time of year it is, no matter where we are in the NFL calendar, there are freaks out there that want to talk <laughs> NFL draft, and some fans don't get it. I, I myself, I don't dive too much into the draft stuff unless it's draft season. So I understand it, but there are some fans, they cannot get enough. The draft articles you do, it's like it's always one of the, the, the most read things on the site. People love talking NFL draft. How do you explain that passion from that, from that niche fan base? Yeah, so I think that, at least from my perspective, the Bears have been not great for most of my life. So just naturally, I've come to fall in love with the concept of, oh, this is an opportunity that we get to make our team better. Uh, You know, we speaking from a fan perspective, whatever. uh, People say that. They're like, oh, don't say we. Uh, And I I try – I tried it for a little bit. I still, I still catch myself slipping, but uh, you can't help it sometimes. Exactly. Like I'm a fan of the team, you know, it happens, but anyway, uh, so I've, I've just been falling in love with the, the concept of building a team and creating something sustainable for the long run. I feel like that's the case with a lot of bears fans. Uh, and there's just something interesting about It's kind of like a game where it's like, all right, here's this guy. He's really good at this. He's not great at that. Is he going to be good in the NFL? And it's, I don't want to say it's a guessing game because there's a lot more, a lot more work that goes into it, but you never really know until they make it there. So a lot of people love to play the hypothetical game. uh, And I guess the draft is really just one big hypothetical. So uh, that's, I think that plays a part in it. And I know that, you know, it's not a year round thing for everyone. I totally understand that. Uh, For me, I don't know. I just enjoy it personally. So I'll, you know, I'll write about it. I'll tweet about it, do whatever. Uh, And if people are interested, then awesome. And it seems like people are interested, like, especially now that the bears are slated to have two first round picks in 2024. I mean, that hasn't happened in like, well, I think Oh three was the last year, right? Something like that. 
was that the Rex Grossman, Michael Haynes draft? Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time. You know, yeah, it's I, I, funny you mentioned it's like a game because I, I think the whole roster building thing really took hold for a lot of fans through the through Madden because yeah, the, that the franchise mode is is what makes Madden sets it apart from other games back in the day. Everyone wanted to do the free agency part, obviously, and then of course the draft when they incorporated that into it. Just got fans excited and kind of lets you see the the team building aspects of it and what happens there. And like I, I've always enjoyed the NFL draft myself. It's just always been a, a thing I've enjoyed. Even back when I was in high school, I, I remember you know I would I would call my mom in the morning of the draft. Back then, it, the draft was during the week. Week, I would call my mom. My mom worked, so I would call my mom and I, I'd, oh mom, I don't feel good today. Every time the draft was up, so I would make sure I would stay home and watch the draft and. You know, it's it's probably not the best thing to do, but um, you know, it was fun. It's it's a part of my my football passion. So hey, let's get into the uh, the the fifty three man roster. We're gonna go position by position, right down the list. Um, I got some 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 graphics. Boom! If you're Ooh. watching here on uh, Second City Gridiron, you got some graphics here. So the offense, twenty six players made the cut, and let's start right away. Quarterback Justin Fields, of course. Tyson Bajant, undrafted free agent out of Shepard. And I got to say, you were on Tyson Bajant before the draft or before the Bears draft or picked him up in free agency because you had a, a nice trip, a nice Twitter thread about him. You had him in your in your uh, your draft uh, uh, book. You had him, I think, had a seventh round grade on him. You thought for sure he'd be drafted. What were some of the things you saw at him back then that made you think this guy has definitely a place in the NFL? So purely off of what we saw from him at, you know, the D2 level. So obviously there hasn't, there hasn't been a D2 quarterback drafted since I think it was JT O'Sullivan. And the only reason I know that is because I'd have to look it up every single time I talk about Tyson Bajan in my pre-draft analysis. I I'd say the exact same thing and I hate sounding repetitive, but there hasn't been a D2 quarterback drafted since JT O'Sullivan. I think Tyson Bajan should be that guy. And Is it the same J.T. O'Sullivan that has the YouTube channel now, correct? Yeah, yeah, it, it's the same guy. So, and he he ended up, you know, he stayed in the league for like 10 yeah. years or something like that. So, you know, totally respectable career. Uh, but, yeah, I think when I watched Bajan, obviously, like before I even turned on the tape, the production really stood out to me. Just the fact that he jumped to the D2 level and started – right away as a true freshman and you instantly saw success there uh i was really impressed with and i know that like our greg gabriel he mentions the uh like the sample size with quarterbacks like the you know the more passes they've thrown the better off they're graded and bajan's been you know he played i want to say i think it was four kind of five seasons as their starter because i know they had like they had like a game or two or something in the COVID year, but either way, the, the production was through the roof. You know, he's a former Harlan Hill award winner. He's a guy who's, uh, you know, for the best player in the FCS, I saw a good amount of arm talent too. And that's something, especially with smaller school quarterbacks, that can be kind of hit or miss. You see, Oh my God, this guy's been producing like crazy, but usually doesn't have, the arm talent. And that's probably why he's at D two or why he's at the FCS level or something like that. But that wasn't a problem with Bajan. He could throw well on the move. His throws had good zip behind it. I think that you're, you're not comparing him to an Anthony Richardson or a Will Levis from an arm strength perspective, but as far as that next tier down, 
he's he more than held his own with some of those power five quarterbacks that and the natural sense of anticipation behind his throws, the touch, the, you know, the flashes of being able to throw it down the field and just the ability to step up in the clutch. I mean, Shepard, you watch some of their games, which is very tough to find. uh, But the ones I was able to find, I saw he was able to, you know, lead them to quality stretches late in games, whether they were down or whether they were trying to clinch a win. Uh, He stepped up when it mattered most. So those were some of the things that stood out to me with him in college. But I will say that I think his poise in the preseason is, was way better than I was expecting. Even like he looked comfortable at, in the, at the D two level, sometimes a smaller school quarterback, you know, they start to see ghosts once they make that big of a jump to the NFL. I didn't see that with Beijing. He looked comfortable moving around in the pocket. He, whenever he'd scramble, whenever he'd try to extend the play, he'd keep his eyes up. He'd keep scanning the field, look for the open man. He looked like a veteran, truth be told. And I know that, oh, it's it's just the preseason. He's not facing starters. But for a D2 quarterback to look that comfortable, it's still against NFL players. I think that says a lot about his skill set and uh I I thought he deserved to be drafted. I did have a yeah. round seven grade on him coming out, but I wasn't expecting him to look this polished right out of the gate. You know, he mentioned he played in multiple offenses in college. Yeah. You know, he threw a, t- a ton of passes. Like just his last two years alone was, I think, over, over like, like I, I'm not sure the number was like at least a thousand. I mean, just a ridiculous amount of passes in his college career. He said he's been playing quarterback since he was in Pee Wee, like like six or nine years old, something like that. So he's yeah. done the gig a lot. Uh, Luke Getze coached him at the Senior Bowl, so that kind of gave the Bears a, a leg up there. And like you said, just the poise that he shows when he comes in, um, nothing's really phasing him. And a lot of it's just because he's seen it all. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a faster speed, but a lot there's a lot to be said about seeing it a lot, doing it a lot, than if he has the mentality to kind of just take that step up and and, and play, and it translates. So. I'm not surprised at all. He won the job based on what he looked like. He was getting, he looked better in camp. You know, PJ Walker struggled a little bit. PJ Walker obviously was cut. Um, Nathan Peterman was cut. Do you, they're going to bring back Peterman to the practice squad, you assume? Yeah. I mean, realistically, I don't think that anyone's going to go out of their way to fight to have him on the 53 man roster. And given he knows the offense, given he's, you know, an experienced name, he's been around the league for a bit. Uh, I feel like when you have two young quarterbacks, on the roster, having a more experienced guy in the practice squad seems like a given. So I, I do think that, yeah, he'll end up on the practice squad eventually. You know, and it's funny because like early in his career, obviously there was a lot of jokes made about him, yeah. a lot of interceptions, but he, he has played a little bit for the bears. Yeah. He's looked serviceable. I mean, as bear fans, we've seen much, much worse <laughs> quarterbacks than Nathan Peterman throughout our year. I mean, I'm older than you, so I've, I've seen a lot more, but yeah. I mean, we've seen the quarterbacks that, like could not even, you know, throw a ball, you know, and so so Peterman as your as your vet there, they could do worse than Peterman. So let's go out and run it back here. Khalil Herbert, uh, Deontay Foreman, Roshan Johnson, Travis Homer, Kyrie Blasting game. To me, there's no surprises here. I, I always thought they were going to carry uh, five total total running backs. Obviously, uh, with, with with the fullback, they don't use him a lot, but he's active in special teams. Uh, Travis Homer was signed in free agency because of his special teams prowess. Plus, he's pretty good on third down, a good pass blocker. I don't think they expected to draft Roshan Johnson, but he kind of fell in their laps. And when you have a player like that high on your board and you got to take him when you got to take him. So are, are you happy with the with the running back group they have? 
Yeah, I am. I think that the depth and just the overall drop off of talent from RB1 to RB3 or 4 isn't all that big. And I think it's one of the smaller drop offs in the league. Yeah, that's a good point. You could debate. I mean, sure, they don't have a star running back one. They don't have a proven guy where it's like, all right, this guy's going to rush for a thousand yards if he stays healthy. I have no doubt about it. Uh, But they have three, in theory, with Herbert Foreman and Johnson, three running backs who could take on starting caliber, uh, who could have starting caliber performances when it's all said and done. And then Travis Homer, you mentioned the special teams ability someone who can pass protect, he can catch a little bit out of the backfield. Uh, Blossom Games, a guy who can you know serve as a good lead blocker, a good special teamer. Roshan can pass protect. Herbert and Foreman are the type of guys, you know, just pounded up the middle. Herbert a little more explosive, but they're more, you know, in between the tackles type of guys. And then Roshan's another thumper, but at the same time, I think that he's going to bring a little bit more on passing downs. I'm not surprised with what they did at the running back position. I think that not only is it a, it's a cheap group, yeah, uh, but it's a good group too. And I feel like you have that surplus of talent where, okay, maybe Roshan Johnson wouldn't be a third string running back on an average, on a, the average NFL team. But when you have Herbert and Foreman both coming off very good years last year, uh, that's just the reality of the situation. And like you said, I don't think they expected to take him, but he fell to them. So they're just like, all right, screw it. You know, we'll go for it. So I'm not at all surprised that they, uh, that they kept five running backs on the roster. The cool thing about Roshan Johnson is he, he was kind of a do it all guy at Texas. He played special teams at Texas. He has played special teams for the bears already in preseason. So they'll use Homer Johnson and blasting him all in, th- all in the third phase. Yeah. Um, with, with with Foreman, you know, he, he's a hammer. He's kind of, you know, he, he had a did, a did a great job last year with Carolina. Herbert and Foreman both. They both got to work on the third down stuff, both as pass, pass blockers and pass catchers. Yeah. They both said they've done it a lot in the offseason. We'll see if that translates. But I think this running back room today is better than what, what they had last year. And last year, of course, the Bears led the league in rushing. Of course, a lot of that's Justin Field that's going to happen this year. But yeah. I think the Bears want to scale back a few of his – designed runs and let Herbert Foreman Johnson, maybe even Homer, you know, carry the load. No, absolutely. And I think that's going to be a big aspect of this bears offense is uh, just having to rely less on Justin Fields, which, I mean, he's a quarterback, so you're going to have to rely on him to some extent, but you look back at last year, the receivers couldn't really create separation. The offensive line didn't really hold up. Uh, So he had to do a lot out there and because just the reality of the situation and how plays turned out, uh, he had to run the ball a lot. So obviously with someone who's athletic as he is, as creative with the ball in his hands as he is, he's going to run more than the average quarterback. But if you can take a little bit of that workload off, uh, give it to Herbert, Foreman, Johnson, Homer, uh, then you're going to be a lot better off. It's going to ultimately, you know, reduce the risk of, injury to your starter at the most important position in the game. So, uh, yeah, I think the strategy overall makes sense. So last year's draft pick, Tristan Ebner, was was waived with an injury. I believe it was a concussion of some uh, – they're saying. So he was waived. Uh, if he clears waivers, he will revert to the Bears and go on their injury reserve list, at which point the Bears could possibly uh, release him with a settlement there. And also cut was the backup fullback who also played some tailback in preseason, Robert Burns. 
I think of all the guys at the position, I, I think you're going to want to have at least one guy come back to the practice squad. I think Burns, because he can play fullback and some tailback for, I think he's the most logical guy that comes back to the practice squad, Robert Burns. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I like the versatility, the ability to play fullback when they had him out at, at tailback. He, you know, more than held his own. I thought, I know he had the one fumble, in that second preseason game. But other than that, whenever he ran the ball, he looked good. Uh, definitely explosive for, you know, a bigger back like that. So uh, whether or not they want to keep a fullback on the practice squad, I don't know. But then again, you know, like you mentioned, he has the fullback experience. He has the running back experience. Having a little bit of that versatility, I think, gives him a bit of an edge. So yeah. uh, depending on Ebner's injury situation, I do think that, he'd be worth keeping around because he looked like someone who belongs in the NFL, at least to some capacity. Exactly. Let's go on to wide receivers here again. To me, there were no surprises here. Obviously DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, Tyler Scott, Bayless Jones, Jr. Equinemius Brown. I guess those last, I guess you probably could say maybe some surprise because Equinemius St. Brown is, I had the best, uh, the best preseason, uh, but he, he's a veteran. You know, he, he plays that X role for the bears. He knows the offense. Well, you know, he doesn't have the greatest of hands, but he's an outstanding blocker. And and the Bears know if they put him in the game, he'll be where he's supposed to be. And then with Bayless Jones Jr., Ryan Poles' his first ever offensive draft pick struggled a bit, you know, to, to, to put it lightly. He had the, the fumble in preseason, then he was hurt ever, since then. Even in camp, you know, he didn't look the, the, the most comfortable fielding punts. But I had a feeling they're going to keep Bayless. He's just so explosive as a runner, as an athlete. I think they're going to give him a little while longer to kind of catch on. And, you know, as a kick returner, I think he's your guy once he's healthy. But as a punt returner, Tyler Scott showed he can handle that duty. Do you have any surprises here in the, amongst the uh, wide receivers for the Bears? Not really. These are the six receivers that I had staying on the 53-man roster. I mean, more Claypool and Mooney, they were safe. Scott was safe. Valus, I look at someone who – you're right. I think the level of explosiveness and athleticism he brings, uh, it's valuable. Uh, exactly what value, uh, you know, you could debate that because he hasn't been great in the preseason or in the regular season. But in theory, having a guy that fast who's that densely built, uh, you could you could do some stuff with that. So I I remember, I think I said like really early in the off season that it might not be the worst idea to, you know, try him as a running back, like in that Cordero Patterson sort of situation. Uh, I don't expect him to do that this year just because of, you know, the, how loaded the bears backfield is, but I don't know, something to keep in mind. I'm, I'm pushing my agenda. Uh, and then with a guy like St. Brown, obviously, you know, you, I think you summed it up really well. He's got that, you know, the size and the length and the physicality, that makes him an ideal backup to Chase Claypool. He's not yeah. the type of guy you want to rely on for, you know, if you throw the ball to him like six, seven times a game, then you're in no. trouble. <laughs> uh, but he can block, you know, he can play special teams. Uh, he's, a, he's a serviceable backup. So I'm not at all surprised with uh, what the Bears did at receiver. I'm just, uh, I'm just curious to see who they're going to bring onto the practice squad out of the guys they had let go. Well, they, today it was uh, Isaiah Ford went on IR. He had a nice camp, a nice preseason yeah. game. Um, Darius Fountain, I believe it is. He, he had, again, another guy that had a, a nice camp, looked good in preseason. I think he comes back. And then uh, I think Simba Webster is probably a logical candidate. Speaking of Simba Webster, Webster, we saw him in preseason get some of those jet sweep carries. Yeah. You know, that's the exact kind of thing that a guy like Bayless Jones can do for you because 
for one, he's faster than Simba Webster. You know, he, yeah. he's more dynamic with the ball in his hands. You know, he, he's he's more stout. You, you've talked about how, how big he was as a receiver. He is built like a running back. So I would love to see some of those those schemed up touches for a guy like Bayless Jones, just because he has, you know, four, three speed. When that guy's on the field as a defense, you have to be aware where he is. Mm-hmm. If he's in the slot coming across really hard for that jet sweep motion. You have to be wary of that because if he gets the ball, he's going to get the edge. You know, yeah. he's, he's that fast. So I would love to see it. I, I think uh, DJ Moore is another guy that's got the kind of speed and he, he can do the run up the catch stuff. Chase Claypool, you know, the, the Steelers used him a bit in the jet sweep stuff there. So, Again, and Darnell Mooney and Scott. I mean, this this the, the top five guys here. They're all pretty good at that as far as the speed goes. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, like you said, the, the practice squad. They're going to have three or four guys there for sure. Let, let's jump over to tight end. I think this was the biggest no brainer of the entire roster: Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis. Those seem like the three guys all through off season once they picked up Lewis. You know, they had a couple of guys get injured uh, at the reserves here. They're going to bring someone back for for uh, for practice squad, but. How are you feeling with with the Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis uh, trifecta here at tight end? I think it's a good group, honestly. I think that Komet is a – I think he's – he's not elite, but he, I'd say he's an above average starter. He's in like that uh, like that 10 to 15 range of tight ends among the NFL. I feel like that's fair to say, just a bit above average, which is a good thing to have. Yeah because of how few reliable tight ends there are in the league. Uh, Robert Tanyan, I, I firmly believe, is a high-end backup, uh, at least given off of what he did in Green Bay. And then Mercedes Lewis, obviously, he's been around forever. Uh, very valuable blocking tight end. I don't expect him to do much uh, touching the ball, but I, I could see him being utilized as, you know, that backup Y for Cole Komet and – you know, just someone that you can have in line to just, you know, to flatten guys. Uh, so I'm not at all surprised that this was the tight end group they came up with. Uh, I know they had a couple younger guys in the preseason. Nobody really stood out to me in a major way, the tight end position uh, in the preseason. So I'm not necessarily shocked that it's just these three guys. I can maybe see them if, an enticing young name pops up. I can maybe see them claiming someone off waivers. Uh, Zach like, Koontz was uh, released by the Jets. I mean, that's that's a guy I think a lot of Bears fans were high on him coming out because this is the guy that's like gigantic, correct? Yeah, he's like yeah. that huge dude from Old Dominion who's also yeah. pretty fast. Uh, yeah, so I, I'd be a fan of that. I, I think I had like a, it was like a five, round five or six grade or something on him. So I'm curious to see what happens with him there, but uh, yeah, out of the guys that they had all preseason, uh, I think these are the three that you needed to keep, and it just makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Go to offensive line, which is, uh, they kept 10 guys here, which I was not expecting them to do. Uh, obviously, they had the big trade you know, last night for Dan Dan Feeney, but we got Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, Cody White here, Nate Davis, Darnell Wright, Jatiree Carter, Lucas Patrick, Larry Borum, Doug Kramer, and of course, the aforementioned Dan Feeney, there's going to be an IR move possibly here. Um, Tevin Jenkins' original report was two strained calves. Uh, then he was saw he was seen in the locker room after the last game with a walking boot, which could have been you know because of the calf. No one yeah. knows. 
Doug Kramer was seen with a cast on his snapping hand. So he's another guy that possibly could go on IR. So the way the injury reserve works is if you're put, put on IR before the 53 roster is set, you're done. Your season's over. If you make the initial 53 and then you're placed on IR, which will happen tomorrow, those guys can come back within a four-week designation. So are you like me? You assume it's going to be either Jenkins or Kramer, if not both, going to IR? Yeah, so I, I think Kramer's going to go on IR. I think if I had to choose between the two, it'll probably be him. Jenkins, I know they said he's week to week right now. So my guess is they I, my guess is they don't put him on IR just because of the possibility that he might start earlier than that. Uh, and, you know, he's been a good – like last year he was a very good starting guard. So, to, you know, to have someone like that, uh, it's, if he's ready week two, if he's ready week three uh, – I, that'd be nice to, you know, have that opportunity to activate him if you so yeah. choose. So, but I do think Kramer's a, a good IR candidate. I'm a little bit surprised that they kept 10 guys, but at the same time with how many injuries they've had, uh, it's nice to just play it safe. Uh, you'd make that trade for Dan Feeney. Obviously he's making the team. Uh, Carter and Borum both look really good in the preseason. And then, Patrick, you know, knows the system. He can play guard and center. So uh, no massive surprises here. I know Patrick was a guy that maybe they'd be like, oh, you know, they could save a little bit of money by letting him go. But I understand why they kept him. So uh, maybe it's the quantity that I'm a little bit surprised with. But when you break it down from an individual perspective of why each of these guys made the team, uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily shocked. Yeah, I think you're going to see, like you said, at least one go on IR. With with Doug Kramer especially, because he's really only a center. He doesn't yeah. play guard for you. Uh, so if, if he can't snap, I'm not going to say yeah. he's useless to you, but he's pretty much useless to you because he can't snap. Yeah. So I, I think Kramer goes on IR at least for four weeks. Uh, and I wouldn't even be surprised to see Doug Kramer outright cut and then brought back to the practice squad um, because, like I said, he, he's only a center. And yeah. with the acquisition of, of Dan Feeney, he can now back up for you at center and guard. Lucas Patrick can play center and guard. Cody Whitehair, the plan is for him to get back to center once once he can snap. So hopefully that happens. And, of course, Nate Davis ramping up. Yeah. Are we ever going to see Nate Davis play football? I mean, I think it's, it's at some point we will. It's funny because, you know, of course, I do the articles at Winnie City Grand, so do you. I don't know if you've looked in, in our photo queue. There's no Nate Davis in the Bears uniform. Because I don't think he's ever been seen in one, even in practice. That no one's ever got a picture of Nate Davis. It's like the unicorn. Nate Davis is a bear. I want to see it to believe it. But yeah, yeah. There, there's no no questions here except for the couple guys in IR. And uh, Alex Leatherwood uh, may have been a surprise cut by some. People thought maybe he had a chance here. Obviously, he's a good athlete. Um, first round draft pick. Was he overdrafted? Probably. Mm -hmm. um, but at Alabama, you know, obviously one of the top college programs in the NFL starting at, at left tackle. Do you think there's a chance they bring him back to the practice squad if he clears waivers? I mean, maybe. I think that you look at a guy who's young, who has like that physical upside and the high draft pick pedigree, especially considering the fact that he's a 2021 first round pick and it's uh, you know relatively recent that he was seen in such high regard. I could see him making the practice squad. I don't think anyone's going to claim him off waivers, honestly, just because – with that current deal, it would you know cost a good amount of money. And, you know, let's face it, he hasn't been great. He wasn't great in the preseason. He wasn't great in the regular season, the little bit he played with the Bears. And then his time with the Raiders was, you know, obviously not great either. So 
I think there's a good chance he passes through waivers, whether they want to bring him on the practice squad. I mean, I'd be cool with it. Just, you know, keep him around in the organization to, uh, as, as like a last ditch effort. Cause he can play tackle. He can play guard. The versatility I think helps him out a bit. Uh, but I, I don't anticipate there to be any massive, uh, yeah competition to uh bring him into the organization so if they want to uh i say go for it but i could also see them just wanting to cut their losses and say all right we know what you are uh this experiment's over yeah i'm not sure besides leatherwood i mean he the owner i say possibly come back to practice why because he was getting their, their reps the ones as a reserve there so i mean obviously the bears at some point thought high enough up him to you know with with jenkins and white hair and davis obviously hurt and stuff they yeah. felt enough of Leatherwood to give him some of those those one reps. It just wasn't a place for him on the current roster as constructed. So yeah. let's jump into a quick commercial for the podcast side of things, and we'll come back with uh, the rest of this uh, roster here. I, Jacob, we're back. Special teams, come on. These these are the guys here. Long-term Patrick Scales, kicker Cairo Santos, punter Trenton Gill. No surprise here, obviously, because there was no competition. I mean, Cairo yeah. Santos had a little bit of competition early in camp. Uh, Andrew Schmizit. I never know how to pronounce his name because I knew he wasn't going to be al- around very long. Uh, but he was there on. And Cairo Santos, man, he talked about working on his leg strength. And, and we saw it in preseason. He made a couple 50 yarders. I think Santos may be in for a, a pretty good season this year. Yeah. No, and obviously no surprises here with, you know, the fact that it was just these guys on special teams. So, but I, I'm intrigued to see what Santos can do because I know there were sometimes his field goal numbers were good. I know PATs were a little bit of an issue last year. Uh, but yeah, like you mentioned, the leg strength looked good. I feel like he's always been more of a finesse, like accuracy kind of kicker, more yeah. so than just a big leg power dude. So if he can increase his range a little bit, I mean, I think it was the last game he kicked like a 51 yarder and it looked easy. So. Uh, we can see that kind of play out of Cairo Santos. I think the Bears are going to be very happy. So, yeah, no surprises here on special teams. It was pretty cut and dry. You know, Trenton Gill also, he worked on his leg in the offseason, it seemed, because he was booming about Paul pretty good. His last game, he averaged 50 yards a punt. So oh, I yeah. think the Bears are in a good shape here with their with their specialists. Uh, you know, Scales is, you know, they, I heard him calling him Mr. Automatic in one of those videos. So, you know, they obviously, he, he's a longtime Bear, a, a veteran. Um, and, you know, Bears fans, man, we love our long snappers. For whatever reason, you know, we just if, – if you get a guy in there, we love him. I, I got to throw it to a quick question from our guy here. Uh, you know, Den Master Ken, of course, runs the Bears then. Are you su- surprised Robbie Gold is still out of a job? Jacob? Uh, I mean, maybe. I, I didn't keep up with him too much uh, in that last season with the 49ers. I know they drafted a guy like Jake. He was fine. Yeah, I mean, he was he was decent. I know that, like, especially earlier on in San Francisco, he was great. Uh, I, I am a little bit surprised nobody brought him in, like, just for, you know, competition. If he wants, though, and hear me out, if the Bears want to bring him back um, just as a practice squad kicker, just to have him in the organization, I mean, I wouldn't hate it. I know that's, like, the ultimate meatball take or whatever. It is a meatball take, Jacob. And, you know, oh, no, I mean – you're like, much too young to have meatball takes, but I'll, that's fine, though. Yeah. The, the thing is, like, if I have a meatball take, I'll own it. I try to avoid okay. those as much as possible. But, again, Robbie Gold is the kicker. You know, I when I first started watching football, he was the kicker and he was the man. So I always have a soft spot for him. But I was a little bit surprised to see nobody at least, you know, bring him in for some sort of competition. 
Yeah, the, the Niner kickers are, are had a rough preseason. You mentioned the guy they drafted. I think they cut him. Uh, I didn't catch their last roster, but and then the guy that that you know they all the guy they had in camp wasn't doing very good either. So, I mean, at some point these these veteran kickers they always come back, you know. And, and unless you show you just cannot kick anymore, and I think Gold still showed he had something in the tank last year. Yeah, I think he may be back here. So that that's enough special teams talk. You know, it's uh, let's let's get over here. Damn, you guys watching on sexy second seat grin. I've got graphics and stuff. Man, I'm so oh, so that. so in tune here. So defense, uh we'll, we'll linebacker. I don't think there's many many surprises here. Uh Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, Jack Sanborn, Noah Sewell, Dylan Cole. Dylan Cole may be a little surprised because he uh had missed some time with an injury. Um they had Michael, oh my god, his last name's escaping me. Um the guy Bass that picked up. Who was it? Oh, wait, are you talking? Uh, I know there's Micah Baskerville, Michael. Micah Baskerville, and it was Michael, Walker. the veteran. Yeah, Walker. yeah, yeah. Walker. That's a guy I thought they might have stuck around because he had a lot of experience. Uh, started a bunch of games for the Falcons last year. Here's a guy that his contract is such where it was a pretty big deal because he came in off that same deal he had. The Bears may have cut him to bring him back after Week One because if you come back after week one, your, your veteran contract is no longer uh, guaranteed. So maybe he's one of those guys that fall in that category, but Noah Sewell, a possible injury, another guy that could go on IR because we saw what happened to him. He got that leg whip. Of course, coach Flues don't tell us anything with these injuries. He doesn't have to, but yeah. as fans, we're curious. We want to know what's going on, especially with an injury of a guy like Noah Sewell is so popular. So any surprises here on the, obviously the top of the depth chart, no, no surprises. Any surprise on the bottom of the depth chart here? You know, I don't think so. Uh, I wasn't 100% sure if Dylan Cole was going to make the team just because, you know, he hadn't played in the preseason. Kind of, you know, a, at least in this defense, he's a bit of a, uh, a question mark. You don't really know exactly what you have yet, uh, at least from an on-the-field perspective. But he took on a good amount of reps, started a handful of games with the Titans last year, had like 60-something tackles. Uh so obviously he has the experience more than like a Micah Baskerville. Uh, I, than... I liked his, his stuff in preseason. He looked really oh, yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd keep Baskerville around on the practice squad. You know, I'm assuming he's going to clear waivers. Uh, but, you know, assuming he does, I think he's someone you want to bring on the practice squad just because of how he looked in the preseason. And he had some pretty good tape at LSU. I'm not going to sound like a, you know, like a pre-draft nerd or whatever. It's like, Oh, I knew this guy before he was even on the bears, but uh, you he, did though. That's your thing, man. You, you scouted what 350 players this, this, this off season at least. Right. I, I, I don't know exactly how many I watched. Uh, I think I topped 400 this year. Yeah. Top I, 400. I, I knew it was. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. There you go. I don't remember the exact number, so I'm gonna have to look that up to make sure I can uh, make sure I can top that for the 2024 draft. But nice. either way, uh, yeah, no, I I'm not super shocked, especially with the first four linebackers. Uh, maybe they would have brought in Walker or kept Baskerville or something like that, but ultimately it seemed fairly cut and dry. Yeah, I like what they got there. Obviously, with uh, Jack Sanborn last year's UDFA, uh, he he was starting all preseason. Another guy that was in training camp, he was in ramp up mode because he had the injury he was coming back from. Uh, he may have had a slight setback at some point. I know he left uh, camp with an injury, but you know when the preseason came, he was out there starting. And him, him and Noah Sewell, man, I thought they'd be battling for that that Sam job all off season. Uh, but then, of course, Sewell got a little dinged up here, so. I think the Bears are in good hands here. If Sewell does have to go on IR for a few weeks, uh, that'll be unfortunate for him. But 
um, among the guys that Bears cut. Plus, there's a lot of linebackers just got cut that I, that like I'm watching Twitter and every time I see a, a veteran linebacker, I'm oh yeah, I bet Coach Flus is excited for this guy <laughs> to come into camp because he loves cycling through those linebackers. There's a ton out there. Yeah, uh, so I, I think that's not going to be a problem. You know, let's go to defensive end. Uh, this is where there may have been a little bit of surprise, but we'll talk about the guys here: uh, Yannick Ngakwe, Demarcus Walker, Terrell Lewis, Dominic Robinson, Rasheem Green. Missing from this list is Travis Gibson. Surprising to a lot of people, but if you read the tea leaves and watch what happened the entire offseason, he was running with the threes and fours. He was getting in preseason games really late. So it shouldn't be that much of a surprise, but he had a heck of a preseason, Travis Gibson. I, I'm, I thought he would have found some way to fight his way onto the roster, but yeah, there's only 53 spots. So, so, so do you like these five that they stuck with here? Yeah. So I will say just about Travis Gibson. I'm not in Hallis Hall by any means, so I don't know exactly what's going on behind the scenes, what their thoughts are on Travis Gibson, what's going on there. From an outsider's perspective, he looked really good in the preseason. And I think the fact that he started in this defense a good amount last year does make it surprising to me that he, you know, he got waived. Uh, I would have kept him over Rasheem Green. I would have put him on the depth chart over Dominique Robinson personally. Uh, But, you know, it is what it is. And I know Travis Gibson, he tweeted something out saying he never requested a trade or anything like that. But I, I can understand from his perspective, you start last year and now you're getting demoted to the third or fourth string. Like that's, you know, it's disappointing. So for the most part, I'm not too shocked. I think Terrell Lewis definitely earned a roster spot. Rasheem Green, they, you know, they paid him a good amount of money. I thought Gibson looked better in the preseason. I would have kept Gibson over Green. But at the end of the day, uh, it's not – it's not the end of the world. It's not like this yeah. massive earth shattering move where it's like, holy crap, they cut Travis Gibson and kept Rasheem green instead, you know, the world's ending. Uh, I think it's something they'll get over. It's nothing that's going to affect them uh, in the win column when it's all said and done. But I was a little surprised to see how it all went down and the fact that they couldn't get a draft pick for him either. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's in his contract year. So obviously the bears, if he's not in your plans, he's not coming back anyway. Yeah, um, if they could have got a draft pick for him, there was a report I saw. I forget who tweeted it out, but they said that there was a couple teams involved, but nothing can can work out there. I think with with the guy like Rasheem Green, he had two things going for him. Uh, one, he can kick inside and play some D tackle. He's done that throughout his career. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, also, I, it's it's a Ryan Poles guy. It's his pickup. Travis Gibson was a Ryan Pace guy. I know we we, we don't want to think that matters, and and for the most part, it doesn't. But we're talking about DE four, DE five here. And if that's the case, like you said, it's not earth shattering that he's gone. I did want to ask you about Terrell Lewis because yeah. he's only what three years removed from Alabama. Um, I'm going to ask you to go back a little bit if you can recall. Yeah. How did you scout him coming out? Because I know he played outside linebacker then. Did you think he was in a because the Rams picked him up and that's where he played? Now he is in Chicago in a, in a four man front with his hand in the dirt. Are you surprised that Terrell Lewis making the transition and becoming more of a a, a pass rusher out of uh, out of three point stance. I mean, not necessarily. I think he has you know the size and the length to be able to do so. Uh, I know that he battled with some injuries during his time in college, uh, but he was still a third round pick in twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, 
And, you know, just things didn't work out for him with the Rams. But you're still looking at a guy who's he's 25 years old uh, and just turned 25. And he's only been in the league for a little bit, was a pretty high draft pick, you know, top 100 just a few years ago. Uh, I was impressed with what I saw from him in the preseason, that athleticism off the ball. That's something you saw with him at Alabama. Uh, you're, you know, that first step quickness, the ability to turn the corner, those long arms, uh, the ability to disengage from blocks like that. I was impressed with, I thought he was a tad raw coming out of school. Uh, but when you have a guy who fits that mold from a physical perspective, there's always going to be some sort of upside there. So yeah. at least off of what he looked like in the preseason, rushing the passer, it looked like there's a bit of that upside that's being tapped into. So I, I thought it was a no brainer to keep him on the roster. Uh, you know, and by all accounts, he was doing well in training camp and in practices too. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. He's obviously not someone, you know, just given a lack of, you know, significant track record at the NFL level, he's not someone I'm going to try and rely super heavily on as a full-time starter or someone I you know want to rely on in that regard. But uh, as a rotational guy who plays a handful of snaps off the edge of game, you know, sign me up. I was not expecting him to look as good as he looked when I went to camp and, and saw oh, yeah. him because because the beat the, the beat guys are talking about how he's flashing a little bit in, in practices and you know there's no pads on the offensive lineman can't really block you so I'm like whatever yeah and then I go there and I see him I'm like man he's got like you said good first step quickness you know I I did not expect his bend to be as good as it was I just man it's like how did that not translate with the Rams a little bit especially the Rams last year were awful. Yeah, um, and, and he really couldn't get on the field. They ended up cutting him. The Bears picked him up late last off season, and for the entire or, or late last season, and for the entire last few games and whole off season, the Bears still had him listed as a linebacker. Yeah, um, at some point they they converted him straight up to defensive end, or that was always the plan. Who knows? I'm guessing that probably was plan because edge is an edge. You know what? what whatever you're in a three man front or four man front, but but I was not surprised, or I was very surprised at his bend. His speed, you talked about his long arms. You know, he had, I think, two strip sacks in preseason. So 25 years old, you know, maybe he's coming into his own. Maybe he's a late bloomer. Let's real quick talk about Dominique Robinson. No. He didn't look the best this this year, but but we're talking about a raw athlete still. Obviously, he's a Ryan Poles guy. He's a draft pick last year, you know, uh, played receiver a little bit in college. So he's still fairly, fairly new to defensive end here. Yeah, he does flash, though. I mean, he flashed a bit last year when you watch him. It's just very inconsistent. And, and the Bears are high on him, obviously. And, you know, he, he didn't really do, do too much in preseason. But are you expecting him to kind of take a little bit of a step here? I feel like he's someone who's a bit a bit better fit as a year three breakout guy. Uh, if he does, you know, eventually break out, I know that. You know, you mentioned his offensive experience. He started off from college as a quarterback, then switched to receiver, then switched to edge rusher. So he's still pretty new to the position. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, he's he's definitely raw. He's someone that I think that his listed weight, he looks skinnier than that. He's someone I think yeah. could add a, a little bit more – anchor strength, someone who doesn't really, he's not great at setting the edge or pushing the pocket with power, but he's got the length. He's got the raw quickness to work with. So he's someone I think is going to make more of his impact on special teams. Uh, And then 
give him a little bit of playing time on defense, but most mostly I think he's just there for depth and try and develop him to be something more than what he is down the line. But right now I don't think the defensive expectation for him should be all that high. We're talking the way the roster looks now. He's probably going to be your fourth defensive end off. The Bears will rotate these guys quite a bit, uh, so I'm sure when they do put him in, it's going to be you know strictly a passing situation. Yeah. So he doesn't have to do too much. It's, you know, go after the quarterback, use your speed, get around that edge. Because we talk about Thurl Lewis and Robinson's a pretty good first step. We saw him work on that cross chop move last year a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think there's a potential there. Scale back some of his snaps because he was starting for the Bears last year a little bit, and it's, towards the end, it's like. He's not probably his best role, so scale back a little bit, let him hone his technique. I think he'll be fine. Defensive tackle, they only kept four. You know, Justin Jones, Andrew Billings, uh, Jervon Dexter, Zach Pickens, the two rookies. And they did cut seventh-round rookie Travis Bell, who uh, I liked his preseason tape. I thought he looked really good. I talked about him on my last brand balance with Jeff. He was my trench tribute for, for the last game because you just watch him. He is the hits philosophy, man. I mean, when he plays on the field, he is hustling all, all over the place. He's running downfield to make plays. He's trying to get in on every time there, there's a there's a play, he's trying to get around the ball. So do you think he clears waivers? We, we always say every, every year, oh, he'll never clear waivers, and he almost <laughs> always do. Is, is Travis Bell a guy, will he, will he make it back to the practice squad? I think he will. Yeah, I think that you're looking Small at – college. Yeah, an FCS defensive tackle who's only like six foot – uh, realistically, I think he's someone who's going to clear waivers and the Bears would obviously keep him on the practice squad. I, I'm with you as far as what I saw from him in the preseason, the high motor, the burst off the ball, just how aggressively he played and his willingness to get into the opposing backfield. I was impressed with what I saw from him. Obviously, being an undersized D tackle, having that FCS to NFL jump, I think the odds were a bit stacked against him, but uh, I mean, it's because especially these four, the four defensive tackles they kept, they weren't going to get cut. None of them were. Yeah. So I'm not surprised with those guys. But yeah, Bell's, I think, someone who's going to play on the practice squad. If injuries come up, you know, you might bring him up, just give him some reps. But mostly I think this is going to be a redshirt year for him. That makes the most sense. I mean, I, like I said, I like his, his his film. But when you watch him play, you see the rawness. You know, you see some of the stuff. I thought he had good hand use, but it wasn't consistent. You know, sometimes it seemed like he would kind of get a little lost, maybe think a little bit too much what his next move is before he makes his first move. Yeah. Um, but but I like the four they got here. Justin Jones, he, he was their best D, D lineman last year, which is a, a low bar, obviously. But <laughs> But he showed some versatility. I mean, he played some edge for the Bears last year. So you can kind of move him around if you need be. If you're against a team that wants to run the ball a lot, maybe you put him out on the edge. Um, then you got the two rookies that made it. Zach Pickens has been playing mostly at three tech uh, in camp and preseason. Uh, Javon Dexter mostly playing at the nose. Um, but I did notice during some game preseason when, when the team would shift, the offense would shift, they would just basically shift roles. They wouldn't really flip sides. It was kind of just kick out the three tech. Yeah, I was a little surprised that Dexter was not getting uh, you know more of those nose reps because that's what he did mostly at, at Florida was you know point of attack, you know eat space, you know use his strength and his power. Yeah, so there is no really true nose tackle if you look at the way these guys are set because they got Pickens playing nose, but I don't think he's got the the, the frame to kind of bulk up there. Yeah. So do you see a nose tackle coming back to the practice squad? I mean, besides Bell, who that's his spot, but he's raw. Do you see a, maybe a veteran nose tackle coming back to the practice squad? Maybe uh, Bravion Roy. I think he'd be someone who kind of fits that Andrew Billings type mold. Uh, 
you're looking at Jones, Dexter, and Pickens. Those are three athletic defensive tackles, and the speed off the ball is, you know, something this defense, you know, emphasizes. But you also need someone who's just a big old space eater who can, you know, hold his own at the point of attack and, you know, swallow gaps. So Billings is one of those guys. I think Roy's one of those guys. Bell, maybe to a lesser extent, because I think, you know, he's more athletic than Billings and Roy, but not as big. So I could see Bell and Roy making the practice squad, especially seeing as though the Bears claim Roy off of waivers. So they clearly see something in him to utilize that top waiver spot. So I wouldn't be shocked if those two make the practice squad, maybe Andrew Brown even. But yeah, yeah I think as far as nose types go, uh, I think Bell and then probably Roy is a candidate to make it as well. I, well, I want to see Travis Bell with an entire year in an NFL weight room. And what he does next year, I think, I think he's, he's, he's a guy coming from a small school, you know, obviously it's these days, all colleges have a nice facility, but now we're talking about a kid who's coming in and it's his job now, man. I mean, this is what you do. You're dedicated to your craft, work on your technique, work on your strength, your conditioning. And I think, I think Bell's a guy that next year is going to be definitely in the mix here for a, for a roster spot and and, and in the rotation. He may even be that by the end of the year. So let's jump over to secondary safety. It is what it is here. Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Briscoe, they didn't play the entire preseason. They both got some injuries. Coach Flew said everyone's fine. Who knows? He yeah. says everyone's fine. Hopefully they're back there because that's a that's a really good tandem. Elijah Hicks, last year's seventh rounder, and A.J. Thomas, last year's undrafted free agent. How are you feeling with the backups here at safety? Because a lot uh, of uh, inexperience there. Yeah, I definitely have questions about the depth at safety. Uh, I know Kendall Williamson, another seventh rounder from – this year's draft didn't make the cut. Uh, But regardless, I think, you know, whether it's Hicks, Thomas, Williamson, whoever they had, you're not looking at a lot of experience at safety. You're betting on youth and potential development down the line. I wouldn't be shocked if maybe they bring in a veteran of some sort. I don't know exactly who, but yeah, I think Jackson and Brisker, that's a good starting tandem. You better hope one of them don't get hurt. Either that or you better hope that Elijah Hicks takes a big step because, I don't know, I didn't see a ton from the safety group that really impressed me in the preseason. I think uh, Braylon Trahan, I think he's someone who could uh, crack the practice squad. He's he's probably the one who impressed me the most, but he didn't make the team. So, uh, yeah, he's someone I keep on the practice squad and then Williamson as well. But, uh, yeah, I I, I have questions. I think as as far as depth goes, the Bears are – way deeper than they were last year, obviously, at a lot of positions. Safety's one where I'm still a little iffy. I'm like, "Eh, I feel like they could have done like maybe just a little bit more there. Yeah, we got a – DeAndre Houston Carson obviously just was recently cut. I think he was a Raven for a a couple weeks there. Yeah. But, you know, I like Houston Carson. I liked him when, you know, when he got picked up and, you know, when the Bears had him, practice squad guy, the Eagles tried to poach him. They said, hey, no, 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 let's let's promote him. I'm going back, you know, a few years, obviously. And he was a core special teamer for the Bears for a lot of years. And he's a veteran. And and he kind of sat out there as a free agent. And the Bears had no interest. You know, he yeah. kind of sat around, and the, and the Ravens picked him up, and the Ravens had him for like a week or two, and they cut him, and now he's out there again. So, yeah, I think the Bears showed us they have no interest in yeah. Houston Carson, but I do think at some point, man, I don't, I'm with you, man. Elijah Hicks, AJ Thomas, I don't want those guys starting games for the Chicago Bears. Eddie Jackson and Brisker are, are outstanding. I think they're going to be really good if they can stay healthy, yeah. but they didn't play the whole preseason. Um, Hicks, 
I don't know. I, I kind of like Williamson, the, the Stanford product, yeah. the last game, you know, flying around really physical. I didn't realize he was such a, such a big thumper. You know, I guess that was kind of his thing coming out, but you know, he'll be back to practice. And you mentioned Trayon. When I was at camp, I think he had like two picks the day I was there. Yeah. He was known as being a ball hawk in college. And that kind of, you know, sometimes those things just translate because you're just, you're, you have good anticipatory skills to where you can know what's going on in front of you. And maybe he's a guy that comes back to the practice squad, works the way up to the roster at some point. So we got to see these guys help you. If, they, if they're healthy, we're good with safety, but yeah, it makes me a little nervous here. So let's, let's go to corner. Um, I think their, their top group is pretty solid here. Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Tyree Stevenson. Uh, Terrell Smith, another rookie, made it. Josh Blackwell, Jalen Jones got a lot of experience last year as undrafted free agents. Um, I'm not surprised they both made the team here. Tyree Stevenson had a rough preseason. I actually featured your tweets on my last Baron Balance where you talked about how, you know, he had the pick, but he also gave up like six six for seven, gave up a ton of yards, gave up a touchdown. Uh, we saw him a couple weeks back, gave up a touchdown, went right through his hands. Stevenson's going to struggle when he, when he, and he's your starter, he's going to struggle. So what did you like about Stevenson coming out of college? So I liked his physicality. I liked his ability to process on the back end, his route anticipatory skills, especially in man. Uh, I think the length he brings is impressive. He's a solid athlete for a bigger corner. Uh, I do think that there are going to be some times where he's in zone or he's playing off a bit. He's not an elite athlete to the point where, he can necessarily swallow up that space that he gives up off the line of scrimmage. So I think he's someone probably going to give up a good amount of receptions when it's all said and done. And they're knowing, Oh, he's not fantastic in zone. Uh, He'll play off a bit. And he's someone that the opposing defenses are probably going to pick on a bit. Luckily he's a good tackler. So that's nothing the bears are going to have to worry too much about. Uh, but I do think that once he gets a better feel for how to execute assignments and zone coverage, I think that's going to help him out a lot in man. I'm not too worried because he's physical. He's a good, he's a good athlete. He's got very good size and length, but again, in zone, I feel like athleticism is a little bit more important than physicality, uh, especially depending on the type of shell you run. So uh, I do think that there are going to be some times where Stevenson gets picked on a bit, and that's fine. That happens to a lot of rookie corners. Uh, we saw Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he struggled right out of the gate, but he picked it up down the stretch. Uh, and by all accounts this year, he was great at camp. He looked really good in the preseason when he played. So, uh, yeah, I have I have high hopes for Kyler Gordon. I think he's someone who can you know, take a big step. In year two, whether he does, you know, remains to be seen, but I do have high hopes for him. And then Jalen Johnson is what he is at this point. He's a steady starter. So, you know, just a solid guy, not a superstar, but he's someone you can depend on. So, uh, yeah, the the starting three are set in stone with Johnson, Stevenson outside, and then Gordon in the nickel. Uh, And then I, I look at Blackwell as a guy who can back up Kyler in the slot and then Terrell Smith and Jalen Jones is, you know, more outside corners. And we saw Smith even get some reps at safety early on in training camp. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, he impressed the Bears so much with what he was doing that they decided, let's give him some run with the ones at corner. And that's when you saw Stevenson kind of playing with the twos that lasted a little while. 
And it seemed like there's going to be a true competition there for that job between your second-round pick and your fifth-round pick. And then Terrell Smith got a little dinged up. And then Steven was kind of really come in and really just you know, take a hold of that position there. But I, I saw you tweet out earlier. There was a guy that was released, I think, by the Colts, a mm-hmm. cornerback, fifth-round pick. You think is a guy that the Bears could possibly claim and bring onto the main roster here? Yeah, so this is just me speculating off of what I saw from him in the pre-draft process, but I thought Darius Rush, he was a fifth-round pick out of South Carolina by the Colts. He's someone I know I was much higher on than a fifth-round grade. Others were, I know, Dane Brugler had a third-round grade on him. I had a third-round grade on him. I think he was a little bit higher than me, but you know, only by a few slots. Uh, Rush is a guy tested incredibly well. He's a bigger corner, very good length. Obviously, I didn't follow the Colts camp enough to know what's going on there because I was a bit surprised to see him get waived. But just off of what he showed from a raw physical perspective at South Carolina, uh, the physicality through a receiver stems, the ability to compete at the catch point, and just you know the hand usage and the raw uh, athleticism for his size, I was impressed with. So, you know definitely a green type of player, but he's someone who uh, speaking of green, that RAS card is looking incredibly green with elite grades. So he's someone I'd love the bears to pounce on. Uh, Realistically, he's an outside guy. I think that if they were to cut a corner, it would probably be Jalen Jones just because Blackwell has that, that nickel ability that Jones really doesn't have. So, um, but then again, that's just me speculating. I have no idea if they actually have interest in him. He's just someone in the pre-draft process I thought fit the scheme well. He's someone that I thought shouldn't have lasted to the fifth round and someone that I was surprised got waived. So naturally, I'm going to have interest. I know a handful of other people do too. So uh, time will tell. I mean, you've got that number one waiver spot. So if there's one of those dudes who hits the open market, then, you know, might as well take advantage of it. Well, the Bears, like you said, have the number one number one waiver priority, and they're going to keep that until uh, the end of week three. So anyone that's cut, the Bears are going to get first crack at the list. I, I know someone on, I was talking with on Twitter earlier today, they thought it was just like a, more like a drafting. They only had one choice. No, they got every choice. Every player that went through waivers, and I literally just got the waiver wire. I just pulled it up today. There's, there's tons and tons and tons of names on this list. Every single player, the Bears are now scouring over the list. Their, their scouts have obviously been working hard the last last month or so. They're ready. Last yeah. year we saw them sign, I believe it was four guys. I'm not sure you'll see them sign or claim four this year, but they're going to claim somebody. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter who it's going to be. Besides Rush, any other players that kind of – you were, and we talked about the tight end, uh, Zach. Anyone else that kind of caught your eye that, oh, you were shocked they were cut around the league? Uh, so I know you mentioned Zach Koontz. He's someone that I think I was a little bit surprised with to see get cut. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head because I haven't done a ton of – I haven't been able to do like a bunch of looking into it. I'd say uh, O'Shane Zimenez maybe. He's someone I – don't, I don't know if he hit waivers or if he just outright got cut. But he was a third-round pick from the Giants in 2019. He's someone who's, you know, played a bit in the league for some time. Uh, you know, just a, he's a powerful guy, a good technician, maybe not this like the most flashy guy out there, but he's someone who, uh, you know, he started four games last year. So I liked what I saw from him. Uh, I don't know about any offensive linemen necessarily. 
uh, just because you already have 10 guys there, you know, you might just kind of wait it out. And there, see there's have. a couple of bets. I mean, obviously the guy like Dal- Dalton, Dalton, uh, a Risner, uh, he's yeah. gone unsigned. I saw Cam Fleming. I uh, just got cut today. Uh, he was one of yeah. the, the final cuts, uh, I think, from uh, Carolina. He has some uh, left tackle, right tackle flexibility. You know, and uh, of course, a lot of Bears fans are, are over a center, but I think they addressed their center when they when they picked up Phoenix. So I can't see anyone else coming. If you guys watching on the uh, uh, on, on the on the YouTube channel here. This is the waiver wire list. I'm kind of. I'm not going to go through all these names, but just kind of give you an idea of how many guys the Bears now have to pick through. Yeah, it's a ridiculous number here, and and they're going to have, like I said, first choice here. And once these guys all pass waivers tomorrow at 11 a.m. is the, is the Chicago time is the cut is is the deadline, and that's when they're going to have a chance to set their practice squad. So once all these guys pass waivers, the the teams will all be notified. And then you're going to see these guys brought back to the practice squad. Most of these guys on the practice squad will be the former Bears, but there's always a couple. I know we saw last year uh, the Bears picked up Kellen Deesh, uh from the Dolphins. They cut him. He was the guy they were kind of brought back to the practice squad. So it's not going to be all former Bears, but yeah. I'd say maybe 10-ish of these guys. This is a long-ass list here. Yeah, it's like it keeps going, and I'm going to stop sharing it because it is just too much to go through. So say, there um, is there is one guy uh, just looking at that list who I didn't notice got waived, but someone oh, you, I you, you're able to see the list. Man, it's there's so many. I'm going so fast. Yeah, I was I, it I, Sam Mustafer from the Ravens. He was just no, <laughs> oh, okay. no, not not that guy. No okay, way. just checking. Uh, sorry, sorry, Mustafer. I mean, he blocked me on Twitter. He's not going to see this, so. One of his best blocks. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I uh, I think Brandon Joseph was someone the Lions waved. He I was – yeah. yeah, I was intrigued when I saw him just while you were scrolling there. Uh, he was a star at Northwestern. He was an All-American during his time there, first team in 2020. Uh Production fell off a bit. He played at Notre Dame last year, went undrafted. Not the best like athlete out there, but he's also just an intelligent safety. He had a pick for the Lions in the preseason. And like the Lions are just really good at safety. They might have the most complete safety group in the league when you're looking at, you know, CJ Gardner Johnson, uh, Kirby Joseph, Tracy Walker, those guys. You know, that's a really good trio. Uh, and you know, at a certain point, uh, Brandon Joseph apparently you know, didn't make the cut. So I think Joseph is someone that I'd look at, especially when you consider the bears depth at safety. I mean, yeah, he's another inexperienced guy, but he's someone I think would be an upgrade over what they have right now. So that, and he played college football right in the bears backyard. So I feel like they've probably done a good amount of homework on him. So is he from the local high school too? Cause that seems like a Ryan Pulse thing. He likes those. <laughs> Those local guys. No. So I did okay. double check. He's from College Station, Texas. So okay. uh, that basically means he's not going to make the team because he yeah. isn't he didn't <laughs> play in a Chicago suburb or something. But, I mean, he, he went to college there. So that's something. If, if yeah, Brian yeah. Coles wants to fit that, uh, you know, meet that criteria. I mean, there's some truth to that. I mean, you know, you, if you play for your hometown team, Maybe you do play a little more, I'm a little more zest, you know, you're a little more, you know, bought into the stuff. And, you know, I mean, part of that may have come down to like, especially a guy like uh, with TJ Edwards, you know, maybe he could have got more on the, on the open market, but 
you know, he signed right away with the Bears. They had a nice offer on the table. And maybe he said, you know what, I want to be playing for the team I cheered for growing up. And, you know, we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, it's it's an interesting thing. There'll be some changes tomorrow, obviously, to the roster. Um, I know tomorrow Bill Zimmerman's going to have Aaron Lemming on the podcast channel. I'm not sure if they're going to do a video. I'm not sure if their schedules line up. But they're going to have a podcast tomorrow night, kind of go over some of the, the last-minute changes. But, Jacob, man. I know this is kind of last minute I grabbed you here. No, I appreciate you jumping on and, uh, and sharing yeah. some of your knowledge with the, with, with the fans here. No, I mean, I appreciate you having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk, uh, talk bears and to, you know, be on a podcast here, repping second city gridiron. So uh, yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. I'm just excited for the season to be here. Really. It's, it's refreshing. It's refreshing yeah. that there's a little bit of optimism now. So you talked about the lions earlier. Are lions, the uh, NFC North favorite in your mind. I think so. Yeah. I yeah. think looking at what they did down the stretch uh, was really impressive, especially offensively defense, you know, brought in CJ Gardner. I didn't, I want to say he got hurt, but I don't know where. He I don't think it was serious that I last, I saw again, these, these yeah. teams don't give up their full report. Technically that the bears don't have to give their first injury report till the Wednesday before the Packers game. So we're not going to hear anything officially for a while. Yeah. There'll be something that happens for IR tomorrow, but. Other yeah. than that, we're going to be having a, a week of no news. Yeah. 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 So I'm not sure what the situation is there, but I just know the Lions, one of the most complete offensive lines in the league. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown's a legit wide receiver one. Uh, Jared Goff picked it up down the stretch. Good offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson. There's a, you know, a good culture established there in Detroit. Since it's the Lions, it, I'm going to be in that, you know, I'll wait and see mode. Like, I'll see okay. it to believe it that they're actually going to be like contenders in the NFC. But as far as an NFC North team, I mean, I think the division's pretty wide open. They're four solid teams. I don't think any of them are bad, but I don't think any of them are great. So I think it's going to be tight right down to the finish. It should be a fun uh, season with Aaron Rodgers no longer around. It's going to make oh, things yeah. uh, interesting. Uh, but that's it, man. I'm going to get us out of here. I kind of looked through this, the, the questions. We took a couple already. I think we're good to go there. But that's it. I'm going to wrap it up. Jacob, again, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, to everyone else out there, bear down, my friends.